0: It's time for the Tri County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All
1: right, welcome aboard, and uh, I must say, Merry Christmas right now because I'm—I'll uh, probably forget at the end of the show because I got a feeling it's going to be a wild one today because Brady is just all wound up and raring to go. So we'll probably keep the intro pretty short here.
2: Yeah, but you know, no, Merry Christmas.
1: It's uh, December twenty third, so
2: we're gonna have Friday off because obviously the holiday so enjoy that and and you know, hopefully everyone's enjoying everything staying safe out there
1: and uh, we we will work some next week too we'll figure that out yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, just just hang in there and and I suspect a Brady rant on the other side of things because there was new new news yes in regards to what we thought has now been changed and yeah we'll get to it
3: 2507520.
1: Brady to be here for TP
2: Logos in Marysville. Located across from Walt Braun Viking Stadium, TP Logos has the area's largest selection of in-stock school spirit wear, corporate wear, and construction company gear. They do custom embroidery, custom screen printing, and are the fastest-growing uniform sublimation company in Michigan. Visit tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including things like Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. They are open weekdays 830 to 430 or by appointment. Don't wait weeks for your gear. You'll get it in days with TP
4: Mama Vicky's, a port here on original since 1923.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul.
1: Your kids,
0: your schools, your sports.
1: All right, welcome back, uh, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton. And uh, yesterday, the uh, again, after we finished recording a podcast, or, or Monday, after we finished recording a podcast, uh, the word comes down uh that yesterday uh, that things are yeah
2: it's do you want me happened? to just read the press release yeah go ahead and do it so this comes out we get this email five forty seven yesterday right so there's so that would have been tuesday yes yeah so we're they're allowed to start practicing on the 20th on monday two days into practicing get this email the Michigan High, School Athlet- Michigan High School Athletic Association has adjusted its schedule to conclude fall tournaments in football, volleyball, and girls swimming and diving today after receiving full details and requirements for the pilot rapid testing program being provided by the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services as an opportunity for teams and individuals to conclude their seasons amid a pause due to COVID-19. Due to... Th- Due to requirements and need for more direction from the MDHHS that will be forthcoming in the next week, the MHSA has instructed schools still participating in those sports to suspend practice immediately. The MHSA is also working to update dates of competition to better reflect the testing schedule. Taking part is the MDHHS testing pilot is a requirement for athletes to participate in the final competitions in these sports. Fall teams taking part in the pilot testing program are expected to receive rapid result antigen tests and more instructions by Tuesday, December 29th. The MDHHS on December 28th to 29th will be conducting webinars to train school personnel who will be involved in the testing process. Once the first test has been administrated on Wednesday, December 30th, full team practices may commence. If schools are delayed in the start of testing, those schools may begin practice once individuals have had one negative test. While the team's restarting practice on December 30th at the earliest, competition dates are all, also could be rescheduled. Confirmation of updated tournament dates will be announced soon on the MHSA website.
1: Yeah, so basically I don't think this is going to interfere with swim. Or I vote. don't. I think they're going to have enough time, and I think volleyball will have enough time that they can keep the dates that they set for those two sports, which I think volleyball was the 9th of January, the 7th through the 9th, or something like that, Mm -hmm. and swimming was like the 16th of January, 15th, 15th, 16th 16th of January. Football is definitely going to be effective because you can't practice on the the 31st and the 1st and play on the 2nd. No. So football is getting pushed back again. And here's what really,
2: really, really gets me upset. You come out with this announcement, what, that that sports can restart, it was what, last Friday, right? The 17th or whatever, 18th. They come out, say, hey, we have this new test, boom, 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 we're ready to go. Hey, football can restart, we're not going to, we're going to delay indoor winter sports, but no, football, no, volleyball, and swim and dive can resume. Cool, yeah, hey mhsa comes out practice immediately um, get going on monday let's go we're getting this going this is our dates these are dates boom 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 and it wasn't like these announcements were like under the radar no everyone it's very out in the open these are the plans so tell me how how is it possible that two days into the restart they go oh wait uh nope we don't have everything ready you can't do this yet how is that possible how is it possible that the M- the Department of Health and Human Services and the MHSA did not have any communication about this? And they said, whoa, 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 whoa. I see you want to practice on Monday, but let us get things going because you could have done it this week. It's not – I'm assuming it's not hard to have a webinar, and it's not hard to explain things. These – most of these coaches are teachers. Most of these people understand this process. You could have done it this week so that when Christmas is over and that break on the 27th, you're right and ready to go, boom, let's get things started, and you probably could have played, I don't know, before mid-January is when you're going to have to play now. This, it, it boggles my mind how it just seems like it, it's not being used, whether intentional or not. How do you not communicate that you have to get these tests there, that you have to be trained? And they're rapid tests. I mean, I'm sure all these coaches would be willing to drive to Lansing to pick up these tests so they could practice today. It just infuriates me that – these people are supposed – it's their job to communicate this information. It's their job at the MHSA to receive it. I don't know whose fault it is. I don't know where the line of communication broke down. All I know is I'm really, really, really upset that it did because it messes with me and it messes with you, and it's yet another pause for these kids where they get excited to get back out on the field. They had two days of practice, and now it's taken out away from them for a little bit longer. It just feels like they're being used as a pawn right now. By in some sick political game.
1: I, I think this is human error. Uh, somebody got ahead of themselves. But somebody how didn't does it take five days to correct it? The situation, it. yeah, I, I know. It, it's frustrating, but
2: this is bureaucracy Friday. in action. It's, it's one thing if Friday came out and then Saturday went, whoa, 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 slow down. You get to play, but you have to wait. They started practicing. How did no one at the Department of Health and Human Services see this? It takes one phone call, Dennis one phone call to say hey um sorry hey mark yeah i know you wanted to get your guys practicing um at the on monday but you have to wait till we get the test to you and then he goes oh okay i'll let everyone know instead of oh they're practicing they're out again they're getting ready hey we set dates for the game hey everyone's getting ready for this and nope just kidding because it, it messes with it messes with what we do, and what I'm scared it's going to do is it's going to push back basketball further, and it just feels like Dennis. We've like, and this is the other frustrating part. We've worked hard to get this to where it is right now, to get ready for the biggest part of probably any year, which would be the football playoffs for us, and it just keeps getting pushed further and further away.
1: Uh, again, I'm, I'm going to try to remain relaxed here. Um, and I understand your frustration, I feel it inside, uh, too. But, um, being a little bit older, I kind of know that this is how things work, uh, in our world, uh, uh, these days, and probably have always been. My thing is, is kind of when they said they were going to do football, I just assumed that meant basketball isn't starting before February, then because they've got to do. Football into at least mid-January, and then they're not going to start basketball right away. Maybe for the the girls, they could start a little bit quicker. Maybe the last but week could of still January have practices starting up during this. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I mean. There's all of these sports. There's got to be that that practice. I don't want to call it the preseason, but there's got to be that the training campus. that that bit before they actually start playing games. But those
2: can overlap because they do every year. Basketball practice
1: doesn't start the the week after Thanksgiving. Under these circumstances, though, I I just don't see them overlapping anything. I mean, with the way COVID is, um, our our biggest hope is that by the time next sports season rolls around in the fall. Well, the spring, really. That, um, Well, I mean, I think even that's going to be messed up. Whatever happens here messes up everything that that follows until we actually get a summer break and, and we can re, reset things. But I do think we're going to get through the year. I do think that we will have some basketball. It will be a shorter season. because Again, I don't think we're going to start basketball before February because there's no way we're getting football done before because the end of January. Because
2: now. now you look at it, you're not looking at another – you start the 30th, I guess you could play the 9th. I mean, then you have, you would have, what, eight practices in that if you don't practice on the weekend.
1: Which I think at this point the kids would say, we'll play the games without practicing, but obviously you can't do that right. either. Right. I just, it. I mean,
2: I just hate. The, especially for the kids. Like, imagine, I, I can just see myself getting out there, practicing, like, just thinking, thank God this is back. I'm out here. I'm running around. I'm doing football. I can't feel my toes, but I'm playing football. <laughs> this is awesome. And then two days later, just kidding, it feels like there's a carrot right in front of us. And well, just that, every time we go to bite it, they pull it away a little more.
1: That's another frustrating thing about it is that the weather has actually been like pretty good like this yes. would be a good time to to play because it's not as bitter cold as it could be and as it will be when we get another month from now right and i don't know think about
2: this right now we'd be what doing the semifinals, or we'd have just done the semifinals under the original plan i think they're the 21st and 22nd right
1: uh, I think we'd be we'd be done with football, and we'd be. I thought there the, no if, the
2: original finals with the first break. Oh yeah, with the first break or, would have been we'd be do- doing the semi. We were just done the semifinals.
1: I know. I know you're frustrated. I'm frustrated
2: too. It just. I guess the biggest reason is I just feel helpless. Like you look at these guys. Well, we who, are because
1: we don't get any say in this. I had just actually. Um, been in contact with, with Peggy at the state about, you know, what were the guidelines for us to go uh, out and do games because you're going to go to Frankenmuth and do the Frankenmuth Marine City. And I had right. actually just applied for the broadcast rights to that game yesterday, oh, maybe an hour or so before really? the news came out. Yeah, Really? Yep. So, so I you mean, know, it, as soon as I do something proactive, I'd actually even changed the website the, the schedule pages of to put up the, the game times and the date well, for, and for the football games, us. and like an hour later. <laughs> and it's not just us.
2: I mean, think about like guys like, I mean, you've seen it all. Like, what like what's Brandon Folsom supposed to do during this time? I mean, yeah, he's been trying to stretch out football, like, players of the year, positions of the year for as long as he can, try to make contact. You saw Mike Gallagher up. Up in Sanilac, get get laid off again because there's no sports. I mean, it's it's just like this is all we know. And I'm we, sitting I'm sitting at this table because the radio station didn't have anything for yeah. me to do. So we decided to go out and do it ourselves. And now, like if this would have failed because we just weren't good enough, we weren't good business people, we made dumb decisions, I would be upset, but I could live with it. But this just Again, it feels like there's someone with a carrot in front of me, and every time I go to get it, they just pull it away a little more, a little more, and it's it's just absolutely frustrating. And don't think I'm I'm not throwing blame to one side or the other because if you want to be honest, you both have a lot to do with why we're in this position.
1: Yeah, obviously there was uh, some sort of a communication error in there somewhere with somebody or with with two somebody. But how does it take five? days to correct it, Dennis. That's a good question. Five
2: days. And it's
1: not like... I'm not in the government and I'm not in the MHSAA. And it's not like the the MHSAA
2: sent this note to the teams by Carrier Pigeon. And And I'm
1: not going to get mad at the MHSAA either because, uh, I mean, they could have folded the tent and not struggled with this, but they have fought all along to try to get high school sports done this school year. And I don't know how much longer we have,
2: but that raises another question that I was talking to some people with last night. At what point do you start sacrificing winter sports to finish fall sports? Because if you want to look at the schedule, and we can have a more in-depth discussion on the other side of the break, but okay, you're starting to sacrifice a lot of winter now for a little of fall.
1: And that's a discussion that I think is well. Worth I, I, having. I, I said it uh, just last week, uh, maybe even earlier this week. No, I think it was last week when we had one of the coaches in that. Uh, there's no way, there's no way they can play football at this point, and then they shocked me a few hours later yeah. with the announcement I think it was with of day front. Hey, we're we're going we're gonna to play on the second, the ninth, <laughs> and the whatever sixteen, the sixteenth. Um, and I thought, oh wow, I'm surprised by that. So.
2: All right, let's take a break and maybe we can talk about that again. Maybe we'll get a little happier, but no, I was a,
1: I want to do something
2: happy next segment so get it all out. All right, well, if you just we can take a little bit longer then. It's our it's our show. We're not bound to a <laughs> clock. We're the CEOs of this. Yes. Anyway, um, but if you look at it, if it gets pushed any farther than the 9th, then you're talking the finals end on the 30th. If you push it any farther than the ninth, and at that point, you have, what, a month and a half of basketball? You're going to have, what, If you don't
1: push the basketball season back any further.
2: Right, because you can practice when football's still going on, but you can't play games. Because then you're
1: going to have competition on competition. Really, really to, to me, they could probably start practice after the first week of football. There's going to be 3 weeks right. of games. that's what games I'm saying. So right because now because you're going to lose half the teams
2: each time you play. So right now what the the schedule right now and I mean that means literally nothing to me. I mean on the last podcast I was like, "Cool, we have the health department said they can start on this date and then that got blown up." But as of right now 10:30 on de- December 23rd, the year of our Lord 2020, You have football, I'm going to assume is going to start on the 9th for the first game if they're starting practice on the 30th. The pause is going to end on the 16th. That's a Saturday. So my hope would be practice for basketball at the latest starts on the 18th. I mean, what do you think, two weeks of practice? And then February 1st you get rolling? But even if you play three games a week for... All of February and the first week of March, that's 12, 15 games, and that's pushing it. That's having a marathon right off the get. Which it it, it can be done. Which, I mean, I would be for it, but that's going to be – that would be a sprint. Because unla- usually winter sports are the longest season ever. You start in November and you end in March. Um, You might have five weeks and you're playing – three-quarters of a schedule in that time
1: yeah well i mean uh, think about you, uh, hockey hockey they generally play a 20 game schedule there's no way they can do that no and the other thing you have to remember officials well that's why they'll the the ultimate thing is is they're not going to compact more games into the week to get more games on the schedule they're going to be taking games off or they're going to be pushing the schedule back Which means baseball and softball are going to lose games off of their schedule as well.
2: Which we've said from how long ago there's that window in late March, early April that you can just kind of wash away from spring sports because it's rain out. It's not good winter sport or spring sport weather. That you have that little bit of window to get out of it and then. Then you can kind of start after like the spring breaks end.
1: And we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. Like with softball, you can double up; you can play a lot of doubleheaders. Mm-hmm. Pitching isn't an issue in softball. A girl can pitch a triple header, and not mm-hmm. hurt her arm. Um, in in baseball, a little more difficult, uh, especially it's if you're a, a smaller school where you rely on like two guys to get you through the week. Mm-hmm. Um, then you you can't right do that unless you short again shorten games. Or, or figure out some way to, to do that but otherwise you you're just you're gonna to have to shorten the schedule in all the sports football had a shorter schedule this year volleyball had a shorter schedule this year basketball is going to have a shorter schedule this year everybody's going to have a shorter schedule this year
2: mm-hmm all right, we've rambled on long enough. Take a break, and I think you have some fun stuff planned for the second Yeah, I
1: just thought, you know, well, initially when, when we were setting this up, it was before the announcement. Yeah, we were ha- we were in a good mood. We were
2: like, let's do something and, fun. And,
1: and we are just going to kind of look back on the, the football season as we got ready to restart it. Yes. But, yeah. But anyways, I'm not going to let that stop us because we did the work, so we might as well uh, enjoy the next segment.
2: Precision Care has been locally owned and operated in Marine City and has served the Blue Water community for over 25 years. Precision Care is the leading property and landscape contractor in St. Clair County. Always looking to hire the best people? Check out their website at PrecisionCareLLC.com. Click on the Application for Employment tab and send in your resume today. Precision Care is a proud supporter of local athletics at all levels. Call today at 810-765-7968. For all your landscaping needs, it's Precision Care, LLC.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, let's uh, kind of recap what we have been able to do this year. We at least got the regular season of high school football in and the districts uh, in the uh, playoffs. And and I went back and I picked out five games from what we've uh, done that were the nail biters, and the uh, the surprising thing that I found out about it is that most of them were my games. I had one. <laughs> m- m- in no small part to Marine
2: City rolling yeah. over everyone except one team that, they've that's, played.
1: that's what happens when you get the, the really good uh, – I didn't find a game in week one because you did Marine City and they rolled Fitzgerald True. in week yeah. one, uh, and I had the P.H. Frazier game, and Frazier was not ready to play, and, that was- and the Big Reds were because that might have been – the single most impressive game by Port Huron High all season was week one where they won 51-12. to 12. In the first half, with the regulars in there, they were unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Unstoppable. And then in the second half, they turned loose Amari Holler and gave you a glimpse at what we might see in the next couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. So there was really nothing from, from week one. Week two, though, at least for me, um, I had a really tight game between Port Huron Northern and Sterling Heights, and you say, oh, Stucky, what kind of a game is that? Northern ended up. At the time, we didn't know about Northern. This was Mm -hmm. their first game of the season. They hadn't had a week one because of COVID. Uh, And really, we didn't know about Sterling Heights. Um, I mean, we knew they weren't a a powerhouse team, but they had lost a close game in in week one, and they actually lost several close games. It wasn't towards the end of the season until they started getting really blown out by teams. But this one ended up going down to the wire, and the Huskies scored with uh, under two minutes to go to pull out a 21-14 win. So let's kind of go back and listen to the recap. This time they're going to move Nico Johnson in with the trips and split him out way wide to the right. Yunnan is wide left in the, the duo of receivers that way. The beast looking Johnson's way. They fire it to him, and he's got room inside the five and into the end zone for a Sterling Heights touchdown. A six-yard pass to Nico Johnson, his fourth catch of the first quarter, and the Stallions strike first and take a 6 nothing lead. Well, now a big third and five here for the Huskies from the Stallion 42. I'd really like to pick this one up. Long and Houle to the left, Green to the right, Bird in the backfield along with Ullenbrook on um, third and five, Blank out of the shotgun. Give to Ullenbrook straight ahead. Puts his head down to the 40. Stays on his feet and breaks loose to the 30, to the 20, 15, 10, 5. Forget about it. Ullenbrook into the end zone for a Husky touchdown. 42 yards. And a Northern score ties the game at 6. Power formation with Bird and Falco in front of Ullenbrook. Bloink under center. He dropped it. Now he's going to pick it up and try to score himself. Burrows to the goal line. Touchdown, Northern! Dylan Bloink, the sophomore, fumbled the snap, but he didn't panic. He picked up the football and managed to squirm his way over the goal line for a Husky score. 13-6, to Port Huron Northern. The Stallions have no timeouts remaining. Remember that. They used all three of their timeouts in the third quarter. Johnson will line up in the backfield with the quarterback, beast Receiver to either side. They give it to Johnson, but it's a reverse play. Hand it off now for Evans, and he's got some room. To the 40. Evans to the 30. Evans to the 20. Cuts back at the 15. Squeaks through to the 10, to the 5. At the goal line, and he's in for a stallion touchdown. 51 yards on the reverse for Amari Evans. And Sterling Heights has pulled to within two points. Just like that. Hookstra checks in as a tight end to the left of the line. Bird and Falco in front of Ollenbrook. Blank under center on first and goal from the seven. Blank rolling out, throwing for Bird. And Bird will walk it into the end zone for a Husky touchdown. They snuck him out of the backfield again. And it's a seven-yard score to put Northern in front. So a late win by the Huskies in their first game. And we're thinking, no. You know, because we didn't know. Northern had a lot of turnover, and we're thinking mm. it's going to be a bad year. Well, we, we just didn't know because, I mean,
2: we thought they had some talent, but they had graduated a big class of seniors, and they had their first week canceled. And it was just always kind of up in the air. And really, by the end of the year, I don't think we – like, I still don't have a grip because I know injuries affected them hard at the end of the year. I mean, you take your starting running back and quarterback from any team – and you're not going to know. So, I <laughs> they were the most puzzling team all year for me.
1: But th- this was the, the eye-opener, though, that, hey, Ullenbrook is mm. uh, a top-notch running back, uh, and the sophomore quarterback, boink, doesn't look that out of place. Mm-hmm. You know, and the defense is pretty good. But then you're, you're like, okay, that was Sterling Heights. The next week they had Lance Cruz, um, and that was – the week three game, where again I had a nail biter right down to the wire while Brady was out at some blowout. And it's Bird and Falco in front of Ollenbrook. Bloink, under center. On second and goal, he'll roll out. Looking, throwing over the middle. We got a man wide open in the end zone. It's Bird for a Husky touchdown. They're saying Steinhauer. It was 32, so my apologies. Steinhauer got the touchdown. On fourth and 10 from the 11, they'll try a 27-yard field goal. Revard the hold. Kick is up and on the way, and it's got plenty of leg, and it's right down the middle, and the Lancers are on the board. 7-3 after the Lanthier field goal of 27 yards. I'm going to spot it at the uh, 18, it looks like, so call this a 28-yard field goal attempt. And the kick is on the way, and it's long enough, and it's good. Lanthier from 28 kicks his second field goal of the game, but Northern still in the lead. It's 7-6 to six Huskies with 8.38 to go here in the third quarter. Ullenbrook, the deep back, Falco's in front of them. They've got uh, somebody new in there. They give it to Ullenbrook, looking for the hole, and he is into the end zone. For a Husky touchdown. Looked like he got hit in the backfield. And the guy tackling him might have actually spun him into the end zone. But Ullenbrook scores on a big touchdown for the Huskies with 23 seconds to go here in the third quarter. And Northern extends their lead to 13-6. To and a very important extra point coming up here for Kasparian. It's going to be Kasparian. He's going to put the tee down at the 25. This will be a 35 yard field goal attempt, trying to give the Huskies an 11 point lead. Good snap, kick is on the way. Has it got enough? It just does, it's through. Kasparian from 35 yards out, gives the Huskies a 17 six lead. Stansbury trying again, Maggie gives him a push, and this time he is, no signal yet, into the end zone for a Lancers touchdown. Stansbury sneaks it in from a yard out. He needed a little help. His running back, Meggie, gave him a push in the back to get him over the goal line and through the pile. So, Isaiah Stansbury gets the score. And that was a quick response there by the Lancers with 424 to go. Now, they're going to take a timeout. They're down by five, so I'm sure they're going to go for two here to try and make it a three-point game. 15 seconds from the 14. Stansbury working out of the shotgun, looking, looking, now scrambling, pressure coming, and he falls down, he loses his footing, back around the 33 yard line. He's down, they can't stop the clock, this game is over. A 19 yard loss, and time just dribbled out before they could do anything else about it and Northern has held on tonight for a 17-12 victory, and the Huskies go to 2-0 to start the season Lance Cruz with a heartbreaker tonight will fall to one and two on the season. Yeah, I had forgotten too that uh, the Lancers had driven down to the fourteen. Yeah. for the last play of the game, and it was uh, it was up for grabs. Okay, so now Northern's two and zero. The Big Reds won again in, in week three. They're three and zero, and it was the first time we'd had two undefeated right. teams in a thousand years. I think in, it was in cross town like S- seventy one or something. Yeah, where they were both like one and zero. Yeah. Which didn't really count. Like, yeah. yeah. So and, and then you're thinking, okay, we know the big reds are loaded, mm-hmm. deep w- with talent. We figured they're the favorite to win the game. But here's Northern sleeping over there. We know Allenbrook is good. We now believe in their defense. Right. Um, be- Because they've had not just, you know, two games where, where they've held opponents down. But, you know, Lance Cruz uh, – They they were a decent football team, so that was a big win. So that got us to the Crosstown uh, showdown, and again, in week four, Brady had a snoozer uh, while I had a a battle between the Big Reds and the Huskies. Down to 250 to play here in the first quarter. Big Reds going no huddle here, but uh, they're also not... Really rushing the tempo and using some signals from the sideline to get to play in. And then everybody gets set in their position. Receiver to either side here with Collier in the backfield. And Price is going to razzle-dazzle it. And here comes Finney around the edge. And he's wide open for some room down the line. To the 10, to the 5. He's into the end zone for a big red touchdown. 27 yards. Niger Finney On the razzle-dazzle as they faked it to Collier, Price ran to the right, and then he pitched it to Finney coming by, and he went the left. And down the far sideline and in, there was a flag after the score, I believe, possibly for excessive celebration. Looks like they're going to go Brown and Finney to the right, and Bunch, Mullins, Andrews, and Collier, just to the end of the line, at the left nope finney's going to move into the backfield here so brown's by himself off to the right price looking to throw firing for andrews and he's got it at about the one yard line and it'll be first down and goal to goal for the big reds price is going to keep though and there's an opening for him he's to the goal line did he get in now the huskies are saying the ball came out now there's a flag on the play Northern has recovered a fumble at the one-yard line. It looked like Price had an opening to sneak into the end zone. And instead, the ball came out. The Big red sideline reacted. They thought the ground caused the fumble. And they're going to be penalized here for their reaction. And Northern has gotten a huge stop on defense. Don't know who recovered the fumble, but... They recovered it at the one-yard line. No huddle here by the Big Reds and Price waits for the signal from the sideline. Finney and Brown to the right, Mullins, Andrews, and Collier to the left in that diamond formation. Finney comes around in motion. They're going to give him the ball in the jet sweep. He's going to turn it upfield. Finney 25, 20, 15, 10, 5 to the corner of the end zone! Niger Finney scores again! A 32-yard run for a big red touchdown. Oh, Finney, almost an identical play to the touchdown he scored in the first quarter. This one was five yards longer, but there was nobody when he turned the corner, and there was nobody that can match his speed and catch him. Except so that may be Shaka Brown, but they're on the same team. 316 to go here in the third, 13-0 big reds. Here's the try from Shipkowski, and it's up and it's good. 14-0 for the Big Reds on two Niger-Finney touchdown runs tonight on identical jet sweep plays running to the left. Collier tried to jump over the pile instead of power through it, and so now this is the ball game as far as I'm concerned. Eight minutes to go, 14-0 Big Reds, fourth and goal to go from the Husky one. Collier the back. Receiver to either side for Price. He's going to give it to Collier. And he's tackled in the backfield! And he stopped! The Huskies' Billy Falco got through. Or Danny Falco excuse me. Got through and he made the stop and the Big Reds will turn it over on downs and the Husky defense for the third time tonight comes up huge. Second down and about three. Keeping it on the ground. And Ellenbrook breaks free, Ellenbrook to the 20, it's a foot race, Ollenbrook midfield, 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, forget it, Isaac Olenbrook goes 91 yards for a Husky touchdown, there's the big play that Port Huron Northern has needed from its offense all night, did he get the snap off in time, apparently he did. Now there's a flag on the play. The ball is intercepted by Mayuri, and he's gonna run it back for a big red touchdown with no time left in the game. We did have a flag, helter-skelter. I can't believe the Huskies got a playoff. There didn't seem to be enough time for them to do anything, and they got up and snapped it quickly and, blank under pressure, fired. It was blocked down at the line of scrimmage. Myuri picked it off and he ran it back 30 yards for a score and it is a touchdown and the game is over. The penalty was against Northern. So Myuri will get credit for a pick six with no time left in the game and your final score will be the Big Reds 20 and the Huskies seven in a great football game here tonight at Memorial Stadium. So through four weeks of the uh, the season, I'd had a bunch of close games, and Brady had witnessed a bunch of blowouts. So I yeah. guess it was it was only um, appropriate that but finally in week five you got a good game.
2: Yes, and I had been hyping this one up since what week two?
1: Maybe even before that. Like you're, I think you're probably they bo- really
2: hyping it up before the season started. Think, at least with me, I think when they both won their first game, I went, wait a minute, this could be fun and it almost was ruined. Marysville almost lost to Fitzgerald in overtime the week before. Oh, by the way,
1: I found something out that I didn't know prior. Uh, Just the other day I was chatting with my brother, uh, who was an official. He worked the Marysville-Fitzgerald game. Oh, really? Yeah, and he said it was was a great football game and that he was actually surprised um, that Marysville was that good. Like, he didn't realize that. Mm He would done a couple of Fitzgerald games and you knew that they were really talented Mm -hmm. um but uh he was surprised at how good Marysville was
2: wow so yeah I was hyping up this matchup for basically since week two and the one game I wanted to be close it lived up to the hype oh absolutely he's gonna have Lee and Singleton in the backfield Takes the snap, going to hand it off to Singleton. Going up the middle to the 30, to the 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Marysville. Just like that, the Vikings get on top. Mariners in shock right now. DeMarco Singleton goes 34 yards. It will be a 27-yard field goal from the right hash. Tiger down the hole. Load snap there. Kick is up, and it is. Good, down the middle. Felix Kopp gets the Mariners on the board. So with 6.32 here to go in the third quarter, Marysville 7, Marine City 3. See what the Mariners do here on second and 11. Three men in the backfield, tight end either side of Hessup Going to hand it off going up the middle, is tiger, and he will find his way into the end zone. Mariners lead 9-7 here, 4.43 to go in the third quarter. Vikings looking to punch it into the end zone. Meyer under center. Again, a tight formation. Takes the snap. Going to hand it off to the lead to the right side. He's got a hole into the end zone. Touchdown, Marcus Lee. Vikings take the lead right back. When the Mariners are ready. Two men split out wide. Two men in the backfield. That's Renssel and Watson. Under center. heslop takes the snap. Going to drop back to pass. Got time to throw. Looking deep, and it will be caught by Charles Tiger. No one's going to catch him. Marine City takes the lead right back. Oh my goodness, 63 yards, Heslop to Tiger. Taking the snap is Meyer. Going to hand it off. No, he's dropping back to pass. He's looking deep. He's got to step on the man. Larry Smayfield does. It's caught inside the 15, the 10, the 5, tackled at the two-yard line. Zach Meyer finds Larry Smayfield. It'll be first and goal for the Vikings. 149 to go are one yard away from taking the lead. Under center, Meyer. Farhash going to hand it off into the end zone. Touchdown, Vikings. Touchdown, to Marco Singleton. Vikings take the lead with 58 seconds to go in the game. Heslop takes the snap out of the shotgun, dropping under pressure. He's going to throw it deep. Oh, a man falls down. Charles Tiger catches at the 50, and Lawrence Mayfield tackles him out of bounds at the 47-yard line. Oh, a huge play! A great throw from the sophomore. 41 seconds to go and Mariners are in Viking territory. What an ending to this game it will be. Heslop by himself in the backfield. Tigers split out to the left. Heslop dropping back to pass. Looking, looking, throws. Caught at the corner of the end zone! Jeff Heslop finds Anthony Renzel. 11 seconds left. The Mariners take the lead. Barring a penalty, this will be the last play of the game. Zach Meyer drops back to pass. Derek Schleim, gets him. He hits. He goes down. Time's going to run out. Marine City takes the Max Silver Championship in a football game for the ages.
1: How, how loud would you have screamed if uh, Marysville would have pulled off some fantastic play? I
2: didn't have any oxygen left in me. <laughs> I mean, you go look. I mean, yeah, yeah that was a 7 nothing game at halftime. The game starts, Marine City gets the ball. They fumble on the first play. I think it was either the next play or the second play. DeMarco Singleton takes it 30 yards to the score, and you went, oh, this isn't going to be uh, a typical Marine City-Marysville game. Like We both knew they were undefeated and good, but we, we both thought Marine City was a little bit better, and then it, they just, no one could score. And then, I mean, back and forth in that fourth quarter, you thought Marine City was going to run out the clock up, uh, in Viking territory, they fumble. Zach Meyer throws the ball of his life to Smayfield, like 40 yards downfield. And they punch it in, and then 91 yards it's under a minute to go, the sophomore just marches him down the field, just dropping dimes. I don't think he threw an incompletion on that drive, and you may have gotten more quality games, but I think I had the best game this year.
1: Well, I, I think here to, to this point, Marine City hadn't been tested by anybody. No, they they've been um, steamrolling.
2: That's why you hadn't heard any highlights because I had been at Marine City games. Yeah,
1: uh, and and Marysville, you know, I, I the game the week before against Fitzgerald helped them. I think yes, um, and and I think they were just slightly more battle tested going in, into this game, but I do think in the end. The team that I think is the better team, Sands, they're at some point going to play a regional game uh, at Frankenmuth. I I just think Marine City was the better team. Um, But this this was a game that – Marysville just kept impressing me
2: more and more throughout the year. And, I mean, you put Marysville in this – if you switch Marysville and Marine City in their playoffs, I don't think the results are any different. I don't think Marine City gets by a King, and I don't think Marysville loses in that district.
1: It would be interesting to to flip flop them. Of course, we can't. So right, can't, but gotta I go mean, with what we got.
2: So. I mean, just you thought that you know Marysville was going to pull off the upset when they scored, especially because they got down to the uh, what was it, the three yard line with like a minute fourteen left and then they didn't get in the next two plays, so Marine City had to burn their timeouts, and they got it down to, like, 51 seconds. That's when you thought it was over. That's when you thought they had them. And then, again, I don't know how many sophomores you, you'll ever see put out pull out a drive like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's go to uh, one more game. It happened in week uh, six. I went down to Roseville for the PH-Roseville uh, game, which uh, ended up being uh, a lot closer than I actually thought it was, was going to be. I actually thought PH was going to beat Roseville by a couple of touchdowns. But as it turned out, Roseville was up a couple of touchdowns halfway through the first quarter, and this one looked like it might be a route the other way. It was the first time the Big Reds had actually trailed in a football game all season up to that point. Salter play action, throwing right up a seam, and he's got a man. It's Fitzgerald, and he is going to be chased down by Shaka Brown at the goal line, but it's too late. Touchdown, Roseville, as they hit Fitzgerald, streaking up the center of the field for a 69-yard score. Salter, play action again, throws to the corner, and it is caught for a touchdown. I believe that was Fitzgerald with another catch. Nope, nope, 18, Anton Washington with the catch for a Roseville touchdown, and they go up 13 to nothing. with the Big Reds really need to punch one in here 10 minutes straight up to go until halftime they're down 13 nothing and they're looking at uh, second and seven from the nine you can get a first down without a touchdown but they desperately want to get six points on this trip shaka brown will split out wide to the left pistol look here with coronado and i think mose is the deep back price out of the gun hands it off Trying to get to the outside now is Finney to the goal line. He got in for a big red touchdown. Niger Finney took the handoff. He was the deep back there. And he scores on a nine-yard run to get the big reds on the board. Oh, did they need that? Second and goal from about an inch away. Same formation here with Collier, the deep back. Price will give it to Caleb Collier, and this time he'll score easily. Touchdown, big reds. A one-yard run for Caleb Collier, and we're tied at 13. And the extra point coming for P.H., a chance to take the lead. So again, with Little in the backfield and two receivers to either side, Salter goes to work here. Third and six from the nine, looking to throw this time. Now he's going to roll out and run with it. No, he does throw, and it is caught for a touchdown. They're looking around, and they are going to call it a touchdown. I wasn't sure if Salter had crossed the line of scrimmage, and I'm not so sure the officials were either. Henry caught the pass for the score. It's a nine-yard touchdown pass by Henry, and everybody just kind of had to double-check with one another because Salter came running up there very close to the line of scrimmage, but this is going to stand as his third TD pass of the game. Three receivers now to the right, one to the left. Running, though, up the middle. It's Gabe Mose. He's got a seam, and Gabe Mose is going to slip into the end zone. 14 yards for a big red touchdown. Quarterback draw by Salter. Now he runs up and he dumps it off to Robinson. Complete at the 25. Robinson to the 30, 35, 40. Breaks free. 50, 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Forget it. Robinson, 80 yards. Touchdown, Roseville. Mullins will check out and uh, Jaden Ashford will come in as an extra wideout. And they'll go trips now to the right with uh, Brown, Ashford, and Finney, and they'll move Andrews to the left side, and go with four-receiver look here. Mose the only back behind Price, who again works from the shotgun, on second and ten from the 37. They give it to Mose. Mose with a spin move up the middle, breaks loose at the 30. Mose to the 25, 20, to the 15, to the 10, to the 5, dives for the goal line, and if he stayed in bounds, and he did, it's a big red touchdown! 37-yard run by Gabe Mose. And PH has tied the score. And they would make the extra point and win an exciting 28 27 game at uh, Roseville. And then it would be playoff time. And uh, pretty much every playoff game we did was blocked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, again, that's reason. I think. The reason. Your Marysville Harper Woods game was decent
2: 27 12. I mean, Harper Woods scored like on the second play. But after that, Marysville just, it was like death by a thousand needles. <laughs> <laughs> like they just sl- they just kept wearing them down, and Demarco Singleton willed them. Which, by the way, offer from Wayne State uh, earlier in the week. So yeah. there's some good news. Yeah, I know. I- yeah, Go I, was ex- ahead. I was excited to see that. Yeah, I, don't know I think you. he'd be a very good. He'd look, he'd look really good in green and gold.
1: You 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 wear quite a bit of uh, green and gold. You kind of stick out like a green and gold sort of thumb. That's fine by me. All right, but Ta- yeah, how do we have so many bad playoff games? Like- no, because uh, number one, we knew week one. Was going to be a catastrophe. What, what I, I did some stat. And I wish I would have kept it about the number of teams that got to sixty points. It was in like the first 50 round of the playoffs teams got to sixty. Yeah, points it, or it, it was just uh, it was ridiculous, and the average margin of victory was like forty five points a game. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. There shouldn't be everyone makes the playoffs because the, the talent gap is so much bigger in football, and the I guess the. the randomness is so much less in football. Yeah, it was bad. And, and generally really-
1: your first game, your pre-district game, there's a lot of blowouts anyways because it's right. a higher seed against a team that just snuck into the the playoffs. So now you had two rounds of that. Which
2: we really only got to, yeah, the district finals. And P.A. ran into a buzzsaw, and Marine City was in like the easiest district they've ever been in. So we didn't really get – that matchup we were getting ready for it with marine city frankenmuth
1: and we still don't know when that's gonna happen i'm gonna take a break and let him fume and then we'll wrap things up Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad
6: you did. When today is unpredictable, staying focused on your long-term financial goals matters more than ever. Count on your Ameriprise Advisor for personalized, goal-based advice to help you navigate now and stay on track for tomorrow. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan.
1: Lowe's will have it in days. Located across from Walt Ron Viking Stadium in Marysville.
4: Preferred Charters is a privately owned and operated transportation service located in Michigan for the past 13 years. Well known for customer service and well-maintained equipment. From sightseeing tours to conventions, corporate transfers, sports teams, parades, sporting events, and private charters, Preferred Charters has the wheels and wherewithal to ensure the smoothest ride with drivers that are the best in the business. Call 810-982-7433 and let Preferred Charters do the driving.
1: If you're not listening to
0: GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, this this may be the shortest uh, final segment that we've uh, ever done. Yeah. Uh, well, normally I, we do a full segment here, but the show has kind of gone. And long. we ranted and raved. Yeah, and, and I wanted to play the highlights and, and do that kind of stuff. Have some fun stuff with some yeah. bad stuff. So R- Remember some of the good that we've done. Yeah, so, okay. Here's, I mean,
2: as we leave you for an extended period of time, we won't be back till at least the 28th, at the earliest the 28th. We'll figure that out. Well, yeah, because prob- we probably won't have one on New Year's Day. I mean, we were going to because we were going to have a game to yeah. do the next day. Now that there isn't
1: a game, there doesn't seem to be a point to it.
2: Um, so here's what we know. Um, hopefully by the 28th, there will be more information we'll know when the football will res- when football will resume hopefully on the 9th i'm going up to frankenmuth um oh by the way we um got a little <laughs> remember our little geography mishap oh yeah did you, yeah i stayed <laughs> out of this cause, <laughs> saw yeah. the coach up there and i don't even want to try to pronounce his last name because i will mess that up and then and you'll and get then I'll more. get. <laughs> But he he cordially invited us up there if Ubley were to play Johannesburg Lewiston <laughs> in the state semifinal. He cordially invited get stuck on sports up there. Once we apologized and Brandon Folsom snitched on us for yeah, not. Yeah, because Folsom's got some contacts yes. from up there. Which or. which he did. The coach coach did compliment the the broadcast. <laughs> um, but he invited us up there and he said maybe we'd even get to be inside the box. Maybe. So maybe if things work out and one of us is available, maybe we'll go on a little road trip if there's nothing else to do. I would, because-
1: s- I would send you, because you're the one that, that totally butchered it. I at least had them in the Lower Peninsula. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. had <laughs> <laughs> That was because I looked at the wrong
2: dot, okay? Whatever. Um, But you know what? If if Marine City doesn't beat Frankenmuth and Ubley is playing Johannesburg-Lewiston, I'm so starved to do f- work and go call games, <laughs> I'll probably go up there and do a, an, a, a D8 football game in the middle of the northern upper peninsula. There will be snow. I don't care. I got a Ford Explorer. <laughs> so, you know, I appreciate the um, – The geography lessons. Yes. Yeah. The geography lesson and the invite. And as long as we're inside, we'll go. We'll Maybe go. we
1: should put a map up in here. See, at the radio station, I used to have a map. Yes. So that I could look at, like, okay, so-and-so is playing this team, and then I could go find them on the map and have an idea. Yeah. Well, we have technology now in <laughs> a computer. I
2: could have just looked it. I did look it up. That's how I figured out I was off by, like, 400 miles. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, that was just a fun little piece of, what happened in between the last show and this show. Um, It might not be for a little while, but, hey, maybe we can make that happen.
1: (laughs) All right. In the meantime, uh, everybody have a a good Christmas, and we'll talk to you uh, after Christmas. All right?
0: From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.